This is Dr. Jerry Tolbert, and it's time for another episode of Here's to Your Health. I put out an all call a few weeks ago to several of my friends on Facebook to find out what kind of things they wanted me to talk about. And one of the topics that a couple of people mentioned was talking to your doctor and ways that you can approach your physician about things that are going wrong or problems that you're having without appearing to be belligerent or overly anxious or sounding like you're second-guessing what the doctor is saying. I'm a very big proponent of patients helping their doctor figure out exactly what's going on. One of my mentors in medical school used to say, if you ask the right questions, the patient will tell you exactly what's going on and what problems they may be having they will find the diagnosis for you. And I definitely believe that to be true. For patients, it's best to be informed about what's going on and how best to communicate that to your physician. But a lot of folks seem to be nervous or anxious about communicating and don't want to come across as being pushy or mean. To that end, I came up with a few things that would be good to keep in mind when you're talking to your physician and a few suggested tips for communicating your questions and statements in ways that are non-threatening as well as informative. So when we talk about taking a history, as, as a physician, we do something called the history of present illness. And that's a series of questions that we ask that gives us a, a bunch of information about what may be happening as far as the symptoms that you're having, what's going on with them, where they're happening, what time they're happening, how often they're happening. There, there are a lot of different things that we talk about. We have a whole series of questions that go along with different types of problems. We are looking to gather information about how you perceive your illness and what things that you've seen or noticed as far as symptoms or signs. And, and it's important to define our terms, so we'll, we'll define those now. So when we talk about a symptom, that's something we call subjective data, meaning that it's something that you've perceived, that you've understood, or that you feel about what's going on, but it's not necessarily concrete, like a number or a outward appearance like a skin rash or blood and vomit or blood and stool. Those are signs. Symptoms are more like fatigue or dizziness or stomach pain. They're things that we can't really put a finger on directly, but they are very real nonetheless. Regardless of the source, it's still information that helps us to synthesize a diagnosis and make better decisions about medical care. It's important to remember that at this point in the discussion, we're not talking about diagnosis. There may be things going on in our head about quantifying those signs and symptoms and deciding what diagnoses they may go with. But at that point, we're not talking about a diagnosis. And that brings us to the first point about talking to your physician. Try not to come in with a diagnosis. It's okay to think about what may be causing your symptoms. It's okay to go to Google and search for signs and symptoms or the specific things that you're feeling and try to figure out what may be causing them. But when you come to talk to the doctor, when you're coming for a consultation, try to answer the questions, not with what you think the diagnosis is, but with the problems and the signs and the symptoms that you're observing or that you're having. Physicians can sometimes be prickly. They can sometimes be very 
set in their ways and have trouble going out of order. And, and I can understand that. There are times when go, doing things in order allows you to synthesize information much more adequately and accurately and be a better you know, clinician. So starting with the diagnosis and trying to work backward can sometimes cause us to miss things that might otherwise be important. For example, if you have a sore throat and you come to the doctor and you say, I think I have strep throat, the first question I as a physician am going to ask you is, what makes you think that? Now, there may be a better way to ask that question, but honestly, if you already have a diagnosis, I'm kind of useless in terms of determining the HBI at that point because if you already have the diagnosis made, you really don't need all of that clinical decision-making. Now, that example is somewhat misleading because there are other factors that can make you think you have strep throat. If you've had a history of strep throat and you have it quite often and you have a child that has strep throat or you have a... Uh, classmate or coworker that has strep throat, then there is a chance that you may have strep throat. But those are pieces of data that need to be synthesized in that history of present illness, not necessarily a diagnosis. So when I say what brings you in today, the appropriate and probably best answer to elicit the appropriate response from your physician is to say, I have a sore throat. You're describing a symptom without attaching a diagnosis to it. Now, clinicians who are trying to dig deep will often ask, is there something that you think may be causing this? And most definitely, they should ask if you have any other sick contacts around you or if you have a history of, of sore throats frequently. All of those questions add to that pool of data that allow us to make a decision and a diagnosis without first jumping to a conclusion. Our brains oftentimes try to take shortcuts, and that can be dangerous when it comes to medicine because taking those shortcuts can lead you down the wrong path mainly because the symptoms and signs that most people have or describe don't always lead to the same conclusion. There are several symptoms that we've talked about in the past, like fever, muscle aches, or even things like sore throat, that can point to several different illnesses. And it's only by combining all of the information that you can arrive at the correct diagnosis. So now that we've got our diagnosis, we've had our history taken, we've done the physical exam, we've seen the signs and symptoms, We've synthesized the information and come to a diagnosis. What if you think that's the wrong diagnosis? And that's a good question. There are two things that you need to ask yourself and that you need to be very aware of and self-aware about when it comes to talking to the doctor about your diagnoses. Number one, why are you questioning the diagnosis? Are you questioning whether it's right or whether it's complete or whether it's accurate? What, what makes you think that, that it is inaccurate or what makes you think that it is incomplete? If the answer isn't based on a thorough understanding of the subject, then it may be better to start a conversation rather than saying, I don't think that's right. It's more important to arrive at a correct answer than it is to have an argument. And I say that meaning if you can open a dialogue about the things that you're, you're having trouble with, if you say, I don't think this diagnosis covers all of the bases, and this is why, I have this to back me up or I have that to back me up, then you can open a conversation, but you have to be open to the fact that you may be wrong as well. If the diagnosis seems inadequate or rushed or hurried, there may be reasons that the physician isn't necessarily explaining out loud that they can then point to and show that there is some clinical acumen behind the diagnosis that they've made. This can be a very dangerous tightrope to walk between argument and discussion. And so it's very important that you come at it in an open manner. Don't just say... I think you're wrong. Say, I have a question about, insert favorite piece of literature here. 
Um, let's say that you have an article from the internet that points to a series of symptoms. Bring it with you. Show it to your physician and say, this is one of the things that makes me concerned about the diagnosis. If the physician closes off and, and throws up the walls and says, you know, I, I made this diagnosis, this is my diagnosis, then you're probably right to discuss that. And it is always your right to discuss that with someone else. I will be frank here in saying that we as physicians often have trouble when people question our judgment. And that's a long-standing personality trait. That's not something necessarily that they teach us in medical school. It can evolve over time into being something much more dangerous. And that goes for both physician and patient side. If you question every single diagnosis or if a physician gets angry when the diagnoses are questioned, then nobody ever learns anything. So in general, it's important to open the discussion in terms of sharing of information rather than in terms of argument. The other thing that I encourage my patients to do, which may not be the same for every physician, but I encourage them to ask questions. If you don't understand something or if you don't understand why something is the way it is, it's probably best to ask the question rather than fearing that you're going to look stupid. In most cultures, the word for doctor is the same word for teacher. And as clinicians, we are constantly being reminded that we should be teaching those that come after us, whether those are medical students or residents or especially our patients. There's an axiom in medicine that says, watch one, do one, teach one. And it's referring to things like surgeries or procedures. And it means that if you first watch someone else do that procedure, you then do the procedure yourself. And then to make sure that you understand it, you teach it to someone else. It really encompasses a full breadth of understanding required to be very good at a skill. You have to be able to teach it or explain it to someone else if you really understand it yourself. The same goes for talking to your physician. If you have a question, let's say I've just told you that you have bilateral nasal mucosal inflammation and none of those words other than inflammation and maybe nasal made a lot of sense to you, then it's very appropriate for you to say, back up for just a second, would you mind explaining what that nasal mucosal inflammation, and you can even say those words you just said, actually mean? We as physicians are trained and, and oftentimes admonished to put things in terms that people are going to understand, to use analogies that people can, can grasp hold of. However, we're not always the best at it, especially when things get rushed or hurried. The words that appear in our heads that describe things aren't always the words that we're going to use to describe them out loud. And in fact, we often have to try very hard to put things into perspective for people that may not have the you know, 11 plus years of training that we've had in order to diagnose and treat these types of ailments. There's also a tendency for us to forget that not everyone has had that type of background. And so it can be sometimes difficult to turn that switch off and on. It's always appropriate when you want or need more information to ask for it. Never be afraid to ask that question. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and this is my own personal opinion, but any physician who will not answer those questions, either one, doesn't understand how to explain things to people at, at a basic level, or two, is not taking the time that he needs to in order to get his patients in the right mindset and in the right level of understanding that they require in order to get better often. A few more tips for things that you might want to do when you go in to see the physician. In a lot of offices, not ours specifically, but in a lot of offices, you only have a few minutes in order to bring your concerns forward. Sometimes it's best if you list those out. 
I would also encourage you to carry a list of all medications, all allergies, and what type of symptoms and what type of reactions were involved in those allergies. And keep that with you so that you can give that to your physician, which speeds up the process greatly, especially if you take a lot of medications or if you have a lot of allergies. Never be afraid to write down a list of symptoms or keep track of when they started. Oftentimes, I'll encourage patients when we're doing long-term treatment for something like diabetes or insomnia to keep a journal of the blood sugars that they're having or a journal of the times they wake up, how long they're awake, what time they go to bed, what time they wake up. And it's always really beneficial to them because they can then look back at that as a reminder when we start talking about it in terms of patterns or those types of things. Never be afraid to bring somebody with you, a friend, a relative, a spouse. You can bring someone with you that may act as a peripheral brain and be able to kind of back up the information or to ask good questions. It's always appropriate if you give permission for them to be there, for them to be a part of that visit and for them to help you remember or to adequately get answered the questions that you may have. And barring a friend or relative, you can always bring paper and pen or a recorder. A lot of people have digital audio recorders on their phones. And as long as you ask beforehand, it is okay to record a medical visit, but everyone in the room has to give permission for that to happen. So just keep that in mind. And one of the other things that I always encourage patients to do is if you're worried about following directions, if the directions aren't clear, if you don't understand why we're doing something, ask me, please. Because honestly, if you don't understand it, you're going to be less likely to do it. If I give you a medicine and I don't tell you why you're taking it or what it's supposed to help, then you're never going to know if that medicine is actually effective or if it has done something that it shouldn't do or if you're really just taking a medicine that you don't really need. The same goes for things like tests. If I order a CT scan and you don't know why you're getting the CT scan or what information that CT scan is going to provide, it is always appropriate to ask. Ask in a non-threatening way, this medicine is for, again, and what expected side effects go with this medicine. This test is to find out what, are there things that I need to do before the test? How long does it take to get the results? Those are all appropriate questions to ask, and just make sure that you're asking them in a way that, that shows that you really just want the information, not that you're questioning why the test is being done or that you think that the test is a bad idea. If you do think the test is a bad idea, it's okay to say that. I don't want to do this test because the biggest thing with all of these things is be prepared to give an answer when the doctor asks you why. And that's one of the big preparation points. If you, if you have something that you don't understand or that you don't think is right, always be prepared to explain why you think that. If it's just a gut feeling, those are important. I'm not going to downplay the effectiveness of the way your body and your mind interact when you don't feel comfortable around a certain situation. I will warn you, though, that a lot of medicine is uncomfortable, and it's unfortunate but true that there are certain things that we do that may not seem like they have a reasoning to begin with, but I will assure you that a lot of them do, and a lot of them do provide us with information that we need. There's another set of tools and tips that I would give that come from after the appointment. The biggest things are if you're given an instruction or you're given a direction or you're given a, a order please try to follow through with it as best you can. If I ask you to keep a journal, if I ask you to take a medicine, if I ask you to visit a specialist, I'm doing that because I think that's the best step in treatment or the best step in diagnosis, and it needs to be done. I don't do things for no reason. If you have questions, call. Find out whatever piece of information it is. Don't make assumptions. Don't just say, well... 
my cousin Ed had it this way, so I'm going to assume that it's this way for me. Ask your doctor specifically, because there are different reasons that we do different things, and they may look the same on the outside, but internally there are very, very different reasons why we're doing them, and so what cousin Ed had may not be exactly what you're having. If you get worse, call. Don't just go to the ER. Talk to the physician who actually did the diagnosis first. It may be difficult. It may be next to impossible sometimes to get in right away, but it's always important that you let that physician know that something may have gone wrong or that something didn't work because honestly, we're people too. So if we make a decision and give you a medicine and you take the medicine and you don't get better, if you don't tell us that you didn't get better, we will never know. This last one's just a little tidbit. It's something that I have yet to find a physician who really enjoys uh, when this happens. Don't just go in asking for a medicine. If you have a diagnosis and you want a medicine to treat it, but you don't have a medical degree, you may not be right. And starting the conversation that way is a very, very good way to have your physician put up the defensive walls and not really want to discuss what's going on. It may even drive them away from the diagnosis that you're suggesting, even if it's correct. Go in to discuss symptoms, to synthesize information, and to have a conversation. If you feel like you're not being heard, let the doctor know that. If you feel like you're not being heard and you've let them know that, it may be time to find a new physician. If you're not comfortable, if the doctor doesn't explain things the way that you want them to, it may be time to find a new physician. It's very important that just like in any other aspect of your life, that you have a relationship with that person. They are in a position of power, but you still have to be able to communicate and to have your needs addressed and your questions answered in a way that is sufficient for you. Don't ever feel bad about changing physicians or about asking questions or about trying to help take some control in healthcare decisions. It's all about building a better you. And remember, here's to your health. The contents of this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, the positions involved do not in any way guarantee or warrant the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any of the messages presented herein and will not be responsible for any of the content of any message. For all medical questions, always consult your personal physician for any specific medical advice.